Well, good morning, Vintage. Um, if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Tiffany Hamlin. I am actually the worship director here, so this is a very different capacity for me to be up here, um, but I am so honored to be able to um, speak with you guys today to continue our Dream House series. I just want to also, we've talked about in this whole series, honor um, was something we talked about a couple weeks ago, and I just want to take a moment and honor our pastor for so many um, reasons, of course. I mean, crushing it up here, it's a cool thing, and it's not every church can just swap with your lead pastor, swap roles for a week, and thank you for trusting me um, to deliver this message today. It's going to be awesome. Um, I'm going to be continuing in our Dream House series. Uh, last week, Pastor Keegan got a chance to talk to the ladies, and we figured what better time to speak to the men on behalf of the women than on Mother's Day. But before we get into that, we do, I just want to tell everybody, every woman that is in here, whether you are an actual mother yet, or if you are a spiritual mother, I can tell you one thing, if you are a woman, and if you are a part of this church, then you are called, you have a motherly call to you, and to the, be a part of this spiritual family. So we want to make sure before you leave today, make sure and leave, um, go by the, in the comments, we have professional photography that is available for you, for your family, your kids. Kick the husband out maybe for a picture. Just take a picture with your kids. Um, or grab a couple other moms and take a picture with them. And we also have a really awesome gift for all the ladies here in the room today. So make sure that you stop by there before you leave um, today. So again, like I said, I'm going to continue in our Dream House series. We're going to be talking about today the uh, six love needs of every woman. But the big idea for this whole entire um, series has been to win at home. God wants us to win at home. And the reality is, is that the Bible, he gives us the word that tells us exactly how to do that. And, and Pastor talked um, about the respect needs of every man last uh, week. And, and, it, and he referenced a book that we're actually going to be pulling a lot of the points from this morning. Well, and, and I'll get to that in just a second. Um, but this, it, the whole point of this book, it talks about the crazy cycle that we get on um, at, in a marriage relationship a lot of times. And that is the man's need to feel respected and the woman's need and deep desire to feel loved. And the man is not going to feel respected if the woman is not being loved, because if the, if the loving nature, and it, you get how like that's just a cycle that you go on, that the man will feel more respected, and the more he feels respected, the more he'll love. The more the woman feels loved, the more that the man will feel easier it'll be to respect him. You get it, right? And so if we get out of that cycle, then that's when it just creates chaos, which is not at all what God wants. And God wants in every single family, every relationship you have, his desire is for us to have less tension, more peace, and let's be honest, in all of our families, whether it's a spiritual family or your earthly family, that, that God wants that, and he desires that for you. Before we get on, I just want to start it on a little um, uh, fun note. I'm sure many of you have heard the statistic before that women typically live longer than men. I don't, I've not done my own research to know for sure if that is an actual fact. I would like as a woman to believe that it is, but I have a few examples of why that might just be true. Um, 
I mean, thankful he's doing the work, but in a minute when he goes through, he's going to be going right down with the tree. If you'll go to the next one. Okay. I have to say, this is something that, like, I feel like my husband would probably do. I know my father would. I grew up with a dad that, like, literally, if he didn't have the tools, he would figure it out. Um, don't have a ladder? Just grab a sofa because that's safe, right? Um, okay, go to the next one. I mean, if that is not being resourceful, I do not know what is um, in the most dangerous way possible. Okay, can you go to the next one? I mean, I would like to think that they created a thing called, like, like ratchet straps, right? Isn't that what they're called? I mean, there's bungee cords, other things other than an actual human holding it down. Okay, real safe. This last, oh, okay. Um, I mean, if you have stairs in your house and you don't have a ladder that's tall enough, just take your advice from this guy. Yikes, that could not, I'm sure that would not end very well. I mean, men, what are we thinking? Or maybe we're not. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but, but really, I, I will have to say that um, this whole message, it is, I'm going to be talking to the husbands, to the fathers, but even if you're not married, I just want to encourage you to, to listen in, take notes. I can tell you from personal experience, I didn't get married till I was 30, so I lived in that, um, well, fun single world um, that isn't always the most fun, but now is the time. Now's the time to put in the work, man, I can tell you. And in each relationship before you are called to be married, practice these things. And, and the reality is, is that even women in here, if you're not married yet, or if you're single, that all of but maybe one of the things we're going to talk about this morning can really be a part of every single relationship that we are in. I, I mean, that's just facts, and why would you not want to thrive in all the relationships, especially those that you feel the closest to in your life? So I want to start out with some encouragement in 1 Peter 3.7. It says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. How many of you know that the better you understand your wife, the better your marriage is going to be? And really, it works the other way around too, women. Like, ladies, the better we know our husbands, the easier it is to respect them, and ultimately it's better for the whole relationship altogether. And, and I love in the part where Peter's talking in this, he's talking about being understanding and honoring towards your wife, and he talks about that it really is like it's a secret to having your prayers heard by God. And, and maybe you've walked through or maybe you're currently in a season of life where you feel like you just are not hearing from God. Like, God, I've, I'm praying to you. I'm talking to you on a daily basis. Why am I not feeling like I have answers? Maybe start with your marriage. Look at your marriage. Husbands, look how you're honoring your wife or if you're honoring your wife. And same with ladies. So I love that little nugget that's kind of tucked in there. Um, in that scripture. And speaking of understanding women, um, I know that we can be a little complex sometimes. Our emotions can get the best of us at times. But I heard this funny story about this man that was walking um, along a beach one time and he found this bottle and he picked the bottle up, he wiped it off and out popped a genie. And the genie was like, oh, 
thank you so much for freeing me. I've been locked in there for so long. Because of your kindness, I'm going to give you one wish. And the man thought for a second, and he said, I know. I know what it is. I would love to go to Hawaii. I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. The only thing is, is that I am deathly afraid of flying, and ships make me sick. Sounds like it stinks for you. Um, and he said, so, so I would like I would, a bridge. If you could make me a bridge from here to Hawaii, I can just get in my car, drive for days, I can get there, and I can enjoy all that Hawaii has to offer. So the genie sat there for a second, and he thought, and he was like, well, I don't know. Think of all the, like, all the equipment, the cement we would need, all the pylons that would have to be dug to the bottom, most deepest part of the ocean, like, I don't know. I really, I just think that's going to be a little bit too much work. I, I, that's just going to be impossible. We, I can't do that. I can't do that. I need you to think of another wish. So the man thought for a second, and he was like, okay, oh, I got it. I have always wanted to know about women. What makes women laugh? What makes them cry? What makes them feel all the things that they feel? What makes women tick? And the genie sat there for a second thought about it, and he said, hmm, on second thought, you want that bridge with two lanes or four? <laughs> but, but in all reality, though, and, and again, I know us women, we can have some complex things about us, but the truth is, and scripture tells us, that you can understand your wife, and you can thrive in your marriage. It is possible, and it is how God designed us in the roles that we play in our marriage relationship. And that's what we're going to look at um, some today. And, and, I, and I will say, in Hebrews 13:4, I wanted to share this, that it does say marriage is to be honored by all, not just by husbands and wives in that actual relationship but by everyone. And I love how inclusive this is to people who maybe are not even married. And a lot of that can come maybe um, in your job when if you're a single person and you're interacting with married people or whatever, like create those hard boundaries. Honor those people in, in the marriage relationships that they're in as well as husbands and wives honoring each other. So I, I just, I love that. I love that because you don't always think about that. And I will say this. I wasn't, this isn't in the notes. I really wasn't going to share it. But I just feel like I need to for my single people out there. I had one time, I really struggled because I was older until I got married. And my deepest desire was to get married and have babies. That is all that I wanted. And I did not understand, like, God, okay, I'm 27. All right, now I'm 28. Well, now I'm 29. Like, what is going on? All I want is to be married. And I remember one time listening to a message that the pastor said that singleness is a blessing. It is such a blessing. And I think back now, I had four and a half, five years worth of ministry where I was a youth pastor and a worship pastor at a church um, out in College Station for a couple years. And I, honestly, like, I wouldn't have been able to do that and to invest in those kids' lives and um, invest my time in the church, but because I had the, the freedom. I didn't have a husband and kids at home. Like, I could just pour everything I had into that. And so just, just, I just encourage you to view it that way. As hard as it may be when you're in, like, the rut of just, like, oh, I'm so lonely, like, whatever it may be, God knows the desires of your heart. He does know it. 
And even though you might not always think it, but he will honor that. He will honor that, and if not, he will reveal himself in a whole new way that you've never seen before. I can promise you that. Okay, if you will, if you'll open in your Bibles with me, or you can open up your, um, your Bible app, however you have it. We're going to be in Ephesians 5 today. In Ephesians 5, it's the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking about the different roles and relational res- responsibilities within a marriage. And again, this is such a beautiful picture of God's design and how he designed the husband and the wife role within a marriage relationship. We're going to look at a lot of different scripture here in just a moment, but I want to take a, a second just to center in on Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. This is so important. And men, the husbands, love your wives. That's not just something that we've created on our own that's important in marriage. It is biblical. It is biblical. And I have to be honest, when I first um, pastor first asked me to, to, to speak to you guys today on Mother's Day. I was like, oh, yes, it's going to be this lighthearted message to the ladies, and I'm going to be, you know, just filling their head with all the love and that they deserve. And, and then I started reading it, and I was like, nope, I'm not even going to be talking a lot to the ladies. It's all the men. And at first, I, was, I remember I texted him immediately, and I was like, are you sure this is the right message to be given? But then I sat in it for a moment, and I was like, what better way to communicate to a man than from a woman, a wife, a mom. And I can vouch for every single one of these, and not that it needs me vouching for it because it's scripture and it tells us that and that is the truth, but as a wife and a mom, I can attest to these that these are so true and so important. So let's start looking at, let's dive into the six love needs. And again, I I almost skipped right over it. The book, the book that we are getting all this from, and I didn't even bring my book up here. I had the book, was going to show you, but you can see it up on the screen too, called Love and Respect. This is such an incredible tool. Whether you are new to your marriage relationship or you've been in it for years, for decades, whatever it may be, this is such an awesome tool. My husband and I had the privilege to walk through this book and a whole Bible study um, a few years back, and we still are able to apply so many of these tools to our marriage today. So if you're interested in it, scan that QR code. It'll take you straight to Amazon. You can order it, and we'll be here within a day or two, which is so lovely. Um, So that's where a lot of our content is going to be coming from today. So let's now jump into the six love needs of every woman. The first one is if you were to lean over and ask your wife or your significant other or any woman, actually, just any woman in your life, what is a love need? I guarantee they would say to understand me. So husbands, we are, you are called to seek to understand your wife to fully understand her, to know her, to honor her. And just in case you need me to break it down a little bit more, because some people just need some extra steps, then I'm going to break it down a little more in how you could do this. And if you haven't ever done this, it's not too late to start to sit down with your wife and to truly get to know her heart. Not just her favorite color and her favorite place to go eat, but truly know her heart and the desires that God has put in there. So, 
how do we fully understand her? You have a heart-to-heart -heart with her. You sit down. You find a shared interest. I love this because it doesn't just say find a common interest, one that like, okay, we both are interested, my husband and I, which I just have to, I can't, I will always refer to him as my husband because that's who he is and that's who he is in my phone. It just says husband with a heart next to it. Um, but my husband, Ben, he's back there on production. Um, so yes, I, I'm gonna, I already told him that I got a couple examples to share with you guys today. Um, but we both love music, and I, I am honored that, that we get to share that passion together. Um, we get to serve that capacity within our church. Um, but f this is not pertaining to that necessarily. Men, it's saying look for the ways and the things that are interest your wife that maybe aren't the most interesting to you, but make them interesting to you. Not all of them. She likes to knit. Might not be your thing. So, so maybe not that, but find something that you're like, you know what, I could do that. For some people, it might be working out, going hiking. Some women maybe like, well, some men I know like to hunt, and women, you could just go and join them. I know that's what Pastor Stephen and his wife do a lot, that Kyla will just go and go with him um, to maybe just sit in the deer stand or whatever that might look like for them. Um, but for me, it's hospitality. God has given me, um, I, I would like to say, the gift of hospitality. I love having people in my home, people that we care about. I love to pour into relationships that have been put in my life. And not that my husband does not like having people in our house, but it's maybe not like the most fulfilling thing to him to have like eight to 12 to 20 of our closest friends at our house. But he does it because he knows that I love it. And that is so attractive to me. We'll get to that in a minute, though. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. So find that thing. Find that one little thing, men, that make your wife just spark, that give them a spark, give them joy. Find what that is. Try to share that interest with them. I encourage you, do that this week. It's not too late. Do it today, even. Just ask your wife. Um, I'm sure she would love to tell you. <laughs> Um, and speaking of that, the next way you could do this is letting her speak. And women, we love to talk. I don't know the statistic. I remember hearing it once. I don't know the numbers. I'm not even going to try to make them up. But I just remember not being as blown away, but kind of being blown away when I heard the numbers of how many words in a day that a woman says versus how many words in a day that a man says. And it's like, I don't even know, five times more words a day for women than men. Women, we love to talk, and there's nothing wrong with that. Communication is in the heart of every woman. However that communication comes across, I can promise it's in the heart of every woman. It's an emotional connection for women. So husbands, let her talk. This means active listening. I was a communication major in college, and so I've got a few nerdy things about me when it comes to communication and I try to, like, not nerd out too much on my husband, but I'm also just like, um, no, sir, this is not what open communication looks like. Well, you, active, you need to actively listen. And what that means is when she's talking, don't sit there and start thinking of what the next words you are going to say. Fully listen. And a way you can do that is actually the next one. Give her undivided attention. When she is talking, put the phone down. Stop playing with the kids. Y'all, I'm telling you. In all honesty and vulnerability, my husband and I, this is probably one of the things we argue about the most. 
um, multiple times a week, to be honest, um, because I he can he can multitask, and I know Pastor Keegan has mentioned this. I think last week he talked about it too, um, having sports on in the background or whatever. And my husband's the same; he can multitask, and he'll be humming or singing, or maybe he's playing with the kids, and I'm trying to tell him something. And sometimes it's just like, hey, what do you want for dinner? You know, other times it's me like trying to pour my heart out to him. Um, but sometimes it can be super simple, and I just stop, and I'm just like, I need your attention. And I feel so needy asking for that, but that's like, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm already overstimulated by our children in my face all day, and like, I just need to like, focus on me, please, so that I can focus on what I am saying, whether it's important or not. But men, that really speaks so loudly to the women. I promise it does. It shows them that you are important enough for me to put everything else aside and fully focus on you. And the next way that you could really get to know your wife is a shared vision. This is so important to dream together. Dream together. Not just, don't let it just be about every, the day-to-day tasks that you have to deal with, dealing with your kids and, all right, well, we've got this doctor's appointment this day, and then we have this school function this day, and this sporting event, and because life gets so busy. I'm a mom of three. They are very young, all under the age of eight, um, and I can tell you, we're not even into the sports and all that yet, and our life is already nonstop. But one of the things that is so fulfilling, and it's honestly one of the favorite times that my husband and I and our conversations is when we sit and we get to just dream. <laughs> it gives me hope for the future. <laughs> and sometimes I just need that. My husband's active duty army. And so Lord knows we are just counting down the years. <laughs> and we got a long road. We're only about halfway. We got another 10 years at least. <laughs> so we're in it for the long haul. But that's one of my favorite things is to sit down with him and just be like, all right, So in 10 years, our oldest is going to be going off to college. We will still have two in middle school, but we will have one out of the house, hopefully. What does that look like? Where can we settle down? We want to have a house. We want to have some land. We want to be invested in a church. We want to live in this area. Like all these things that we get to look forward to. And it is so beautiful to have this shared vision, this shared dream together. And it's totally fine to have your own separate dreams, too. That's okay, not everything has to be shared with your spouse, but it is very important in a marriage relationship to create space for that. Maybe you write it down and you revisit it every month or every couple months or every time you go on a date, you have a running list. Maybe you stick it up in your house somewhere in a vision board and you can see all the pictures and everything, Um, but do it together. Do it together. It's so important. All right, let's jump to the next need. The next need is that your wife, I promise you, she wants to still be pursued and romanced. I don't know. You think back when you're dating, most people can say, yeah, my husband, he opened the door, he pulled out the chair, he did all the things, he made the reservations, he did all the things that, the oh, biggest thing for me, texting. I loved it. When we were dating, and it was like the early morning text to know that like, oh my gosh, I'm the first thing that he thought about in the morning. And then the late night text like, oh, good night. I'm the last thing he thought about. Like, I literally, he did all the things that made me just feel like his whole world revolved around me. Was that the reality then? Probably not. I hope now that I, that is part of our reality. <laughs> but um, but, but that, that is something that 
is so important to continue doing. And you always hear people say to like, date your spouse. And it's true. Date them. Go on dates. But let me tell you, man, a little bit of a um, cheat code here is that when you go on these dates, I mean, I, as a woman, would like to say all the time, but at least some of the time, take some of the responsibility in the planning process. Find the babysitter. Uh, make the reservation. And let me tell you, as a mom of, some, of young kids, at the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is make a decision because I've spent my whole entire day making decisions for other people. And the, it, it, honestly, I don't care if you take me to the McDonald's drive-thru. If you have planned it and we don't have to have a 20-minute conversation about where we're going to go eat, I don't care you pick. I don't care you pick. We're going to go here. Ooh, I don't want that. I mean, everybody's been a part of those conversations. So husbands, take that responsibility. I promise it will go so far for you that the end of that date might look a little spicy. I'll keep it PG. Okay. I just have to say, too, y'all, this message, I'm really excited, and I can say it in this service, but my parents are going to be in the next service. Let me just tell you, there's certain things that um, you don't always wish to have to talk about in front of your parents. But it's okay. God is going to honor it, and it is going to make for the most fun conversation at lunch. Um, But anyways, but yes, so every wife, they want to continue to be pursued and romanced. And part of that is gift giving. Some women, that is their um, spiritual gift. That's maybe one of their love languages, that they love to have gifts given to them. I love giving gifts. Getting them, honestly, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm not, I mean, the first couple years of our marriage, my husband would, especially I remember when he was deployed and he sent me this very beautiful but very expensive bouquet of flowers. And I remember like, oh, thank you so much. But I'm the one at that point in time that was doing our finances. And I was like, how much did you spend on this? And I had to kind of check my heart a little bit. But, but that's part of us. We were still learning each other and learning what we liked. Now I'm like, you buy me some chocolates. You get me a gift card to go get a massage. You know, all the things, like have those conversations. Because one thing I can tell you is that even if she says she doesn't like gifts, she does. She does. And those gifts don't include buying her a new washing machine or a new dishwasher or vacuum. Although I can say, as an adult, I have come to love those things (laughs) when we can go together and buy them, but not necessarily when he's like, oh, look what I got you. You can do more of our laundry. Um, So, but husbands, again, so much of it is intention. It's the intention behind it that they love so much, so much. The next thing, be considerate of her. Remember what it said in 1 Peter 3, 7? It said, husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way. Show them honor as co-heirs of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Being considerate, it looks a lot like honor. That is a way to consider your wife. It's remembering that she doesn't work for you. (laughs) That when you come home at the end of the day, again, my husband being a soldier, I'm in ministry and doing ministry full time and and what that looks like is I have to remember when I come home, he's not one of, I mean, he is one of my serve team members, technically, but, 
But when we come home, he's not. He's not a serve team member. He's not someone within the church that I'm just doing ministry with. And I'm not one of his soldiers that you can expect certain things from, right? We're in it together. Honor your wife in that way. Speak kind words to her. Husbands, God has called you to lead, to lead your family. And one of the best ways that you can do that is to create this atmosphere and this culture of love within the whole family. And I can tell you, based on biblical structure and hierarchy, if you will, of the family, that God has called you to put God first and your wife second. Before the kids, before your job, husbands, then wives. So one way you could do this as well is, and I love this, and we kind of got away from it a little bit from when we were first married, um, but it's so important to husbands. Give your wife a kiss before you leave for work and before you come home, and as soon as you come home. Like, bypass the kids. Nope, I'm coming straight to your mom. Let your kids see that. I can promise if they see you showing your wife affection, it will create this beautiful sense of security in them. Let them see it. Let them see it. And then that actually kind of jumped ahead a little bit, but it goes into our next point of, of showing her affection. This is where we're just going to, you know, we can all assume a lot of us are adults in here, what we're talking about. But, but this, this is like talking about affection detached from the physical connection, right? We got that. Um, this is talking about how, does, how do you show that affection without expecting something in return? Because we are wired very differently. And I can promise that if you do it in the right way and in the right order, and you truly know the, what your, your wife desires and, and how to be shown affection, I can promise, again, that that will pay off very greatly for you in the physical connection department. I'm just saying. Every woman wants to be loved differently. Some people love, women love the PDA. I'm not one of those. Hold my hand, yes. Grab my tush every now and then. I'm okay with that. I don't hate it. <laughs> but some women are like, nope, don't touch me in public. Other women are like, yes. Just full on makeout session in public. I love the PDA. Show everybody you love me. Maybe some wives are like that. Find out what your wife prefers before you do any of those things. <laughs> But show her affection. One really cool thing, I'm sorry, I'm going to go a little bit over. I hope y'all are okay with that. I'm going to get to these last ones. I promise I'll get through them quickly. But one of the cool things that my husband and I did, um, and I love it, they, I don't even know the name of them. Honestly, you could go on Amazon and look because I don't know. But they're these date cards, and they have all these questions. Some are just like, what's your biggest dream? What's the one flaw in me that you wish you could fix? Some of those can be dangerous. Be careful. <laughs> But they're cards that we'll take on road trips with us. We go on a lot of road trips to visit family since we're always moving all over the, the country and um, we always do long road trips. So we'll take those cards with us. And while the kids are on their iPads or sleeping, hopefully in the back, that we'll pull those cards out. And it's the most fun way to like get to know different sides of your husband. Um, and I, I just put date cards. So again, if you went to Amazon and just said like, date cards, you might get some extra spicy ones. So filter through like what that are appropriate. Maybe put the word Christian in there. I don't know. Uh, that might help a little bit. But um, anyways, that's just a little extra nugget for you. Okay. And then the next one is prioritize her. Prioritize her. Ephesians 5, 28 says, in the same way, husbands, 
are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. This passage, it it emphasizes the importance of a husband's love and care for his wife and prioritizing her well-being and treating her with the same level of devotion and self-sacrifice that Christ showed the church. And the last need of every woman is every woman, every Christian woman, godly woman, Christ-following woman wants a godly husband. We want someone that loves the Lord more than they love us. And I love it when I was in the dating world. I remember someone telling me that, like, love God so much that your husband or your future husband, that he has to go through God to get to you. And I love that, and it should work the other way around, too. Women, we have this sense of security when we can know and trust that our husband is following the lead of the Lord. There is the most beautiful sense of peace that can only come from that. And a couple different you know, requirements, if you will, of a godly husband. I'm going to hit these quickly because they all speak for themselves, but I'm going to give you some scripture that back it too. The first one, be committed to God. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own understanding. In all of your ways, know him, and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. I love that. The next one is be faithful to your wife. I hope that goes without saying. But nowadays, being unfaithful looks like many different things. It's not always a physical affair that happens. And let me tell you, if, if, if anything in unfaithfulness has happened in your marriage, I can promise you that there is redemption in that. There is. It is hard work, I'm sure. But there is redemption that comes in that. But Ephesians 5.31 says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two become one. You're not two separate people living side by side. You are one. You are one under the covenant of God. Proverbs 5, 15 through 18 says, Drink from the water of your own cistern, water flowing from your own well. Should your springs flow in the streets, streams, in the public square, they should be for you alone and not for you to share with strangers. Let your fountain be blessed. That is your marriage. That fountain is your marriage. Let it be blessed and take pleasure in your wife of your youth. The last one is be devoted to your family. I'm gonna read this scripture and say one last thing and then we'll wrap up. In Psalm 127, three through five, sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gates. Husbands, let me tell you, if you have children, please, for your sake and everybody that's involved, don't ever call watching and taking care of your children babysitting. Yeah, not babysitting your own kids. 
God has entrusted you with these beautiful, beautiful creations. You are to care for them. You are to work with your spouse in caring for them. Be devoted to your family in everything you do. In everything you do. And great will be your reward, I can tell you that. Biblical manhood. I'm not a man, but again, it's biblical, so I feel like I have the authority to say it. Biblical manhood is loving God, being a good husband, and a present father. You can have a good career and a good life without destroying your family. And it all starts with how you love your wife. But one of the best ways to love your wife is to truly know what unconditional love is. And you can't be a godly husband if you don't know what that's modeled after. So if you're in this room today and you don't know the love of Christ, or maybe at one point you did know it and you have strayed far from it, it is not too late. Our God is saying, come to me. My arms are open. I don't care what your past is. I don't care what your relationship, what you've maybe done in your marriage relationship in the past. We can work to redeem that. But there is unconditional love that can only be had in our Father. And if you want the best for your marriage, know him, have a relationship with him, and be able to lead your wife, your spouse, your family, your kids in a way that God has designed. So I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes, bow your heads, and I just want to take a moment to really reflect on where you might be right now. That if it is time and you feel like even through this very practical message that the Lord is saying, come back to me. Come back to me and let me help you guide your relationship. I am here to help you and to give you all the tools so that you can thrive in your relationships. Maybe that's you and you want to rededicate your life to God and surrender your life again to him and move full force forward in a life loving our Lord. Or maybe you've never, this is the first time that you've heard about God and the love that is available to you and I because of his death on the cross. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. It is sim as simple as that. So in a moment, I'm just going to ask, again, every head bowed, every eye closed, that if that's you today, if you want to make that, that rededication of your life and come back to the Lord to grow in your walk with him, or if this is your first time that you're saying, I'm surrendering my life to God, when I count to three, I'm, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. And that's not to embarrass you or call you out. It's just so that I can know who I'm praying for. So if that's you today, if you'll raise your hand, one, two, three. If God is calling you to him right now, raise your hand, put it right back down. God's love is here and it's available to you and I. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if everyone will, just repeat after me in this prayer, agreeing with those, even if your hand wasn't raised. God can still work in your life. So let's everybody together pray in agreement with them. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. 
Thank you, Jesus, for giving me yours. I believe that you love me. I believe that you care so much for me. You died for me on the cross so that I could be forgiven. You rose from the dead so that I could live forever with you. Help me, God, walk every single day, step in step with you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.